welcome. Woo! want to say a quick welcome to all of our services happening right here at our Plantation Campus all weekend long. Welcome to you guys. Also, welcome to our Gateway Campus happening Sundays. Woo! Love you guys. East of I-75. Yeah, come on. Welcome, Gateway. So pumped at what God is doing out east of I-75. Well, this is uh, our, the conclusion of our My Life Story series. And through the summer here, uh, over the last five or six weeks now, we've been talking about how our story intersects with the story that God is telling in our life, others' lives, and across the world. And I love that we've been talking about this idea. And so this weekend and all of our services at both of our locations, both campuses, we're talking about one final topic, one final subject in terms of our life story. And that is leveraging our story, leveraging our story. And I want to talk to us this weekend as a church. If you're a part of Next Level Church, I want to speak to us specifically this weekend. And here's the reason why, because I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but what's happening here is a move of God. Like, it's legit. Something spiritual is going on. I mean, the stories we're hearing, the power of, of God touching people and just doing transformational things in our midst every single weekend, it's, it's just been incredible. And church, here's what we need to understand. We need to understand that historically, for us as a church, over the last 12 and a half, coming up, it'll be 13 years next May, historically, here's the deal. The fall has always represented that opportunity, that time for us as a local church where we have the greatest opportunity for impact in terms of what God's doing here at Next Level Church, leveraging our story to impact those around us. I mean, we've got Advance One Day that's going to be coming in uh, Friday, October the 3rd. We've got our big outreach series that we're going to be planning here after a while. You've got the Good Time series happening starting next weekend at both locations. I'm telling you, like, everything, I'm, I'm just saying, listen, this fall is, is an opportunity for us to leverage our story corporately as a church and individually as people who make up this local community, this local church. This is an opportunity for us to leverage our story to impact someone else. And here's the deal. It's easy for us as a church to look around and go, wow, this is awesome, man. This is great. I love a tenant here. This is so fantastic. And we opened Gateway, you know, back in March. And so that's been going for five months or so. And it's cool. Yes, but Next Level Church, listen, we can't get comfortable. We can't just settle in. We've got to stay on the balls of our feet. We've got to stay locked into what God is doing. We've got to leverage our story to impact someone else for God's glory. And that's what we're talking about this weekend. And so uh, here's what I want to do. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 2? Mark chapter 2. Maybe you have a smartphone or a tablet device with a Bible app on it. Turn with me to Mark chapter 2 because there we find the story of four guys who leveraged their story to impact someone else. And if you're new to Bible study, let me kind of give you the cliff notes, if you will, of this Mark chapter 2 Bible story that Jesus was in the height of his ministry and he was just doing amazing things and people were gathering in and just the miraculous was happening and so much transformation and life change was happening through the ministry of Jesus. Well, these guys hear about it, these four guys hear about it and they have a paralyzed friend. And so what we're going to see is in the story is these guys go to great lengths, like they will not let anything stop them from getting their lame buddy to Jesus. It's an incredible story. you got to see this. Mark chapter 2. Come on, come with me. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. If you, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The verse will be on the screen. You can follow along there. Let's begin reading. Verse 1 says this. A few days later, 
When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So Capernaum was kind of the region where he was from. So for us, it's like, well, he went back to southwest Florida. Oh, he went home. That's cool. Okay, that's what happened right there. Okay, verse 2. So many gathered in this house that he was in, teaching it, that there was no room left. Not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. When you came into your service this weekend, you were handed a bulletin. Inside of that bulletin is a slip of paper with some fill-in-the-blanks on it. Would you pull that out and follow along with my train of thought here for the next few minutes during this talk? Here's the first thing I want you to notice. Number one, check this out. Jesus had a crowd problem. Jesus had crowd problems. It says that he went home and the fame of Jesus and what he was doing and the miraculous that was happening was so overwhelming that he was in this house to teach and to preach and to minister the word of God. And that there were so many people in the house and people sitting in the windows and people leaning outside the windows and people looking in the doors and people stacked on people who stacked on people trying to get a glimpse, trying to, trying to be an earshot of what Jesus was doing. Jesus had a crowd problem. And here's what I want us to understand. He was okay with that. Jesus understood that the essence of the message of God's love to the world that is hurting and broken is going to be attractive. And here's what I want us to see in the, the, the story of Jesus. Crowds didn't bother Jesus, but they didn't impress him either. Come on, you got to get that next level. You got to get that. Crowds didn't bother Jesus. There's nothing, he understood that when God's message of love goes out in a relevant, life-giving way, people are going to be attracted to it. Crowds didn't bother him, but they didn't impress him either. And next level, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but uh, there are more and more of our services on the weekend, our five services at Plantation, our two services at Gateway, where we're starting to have crowd problems. And I'm just telling you, listen, if the summer is any indicator of what's about to come in the fall, oh baby, we're about to have crowd problems. Okay, listen to this. Listen to this crazy, okay, I'm ready. I'm about to be mayor of crazy town for a second. Stay with me because you're going to like this, okay? From June 1st until now, over the last 10 weeks or so, we have had over 426 family units. So single people, married people, Married people with 2.5 kids, okay, married people with 2.5 kids and a dog, okay, no dogs allowed, but you get me, haha, right, okay, 426 family units turn in first-time visitor cards. That represents over a thousand new people in the summer, in summer, <laughs> what? I'm about to do a little Olaf right there. Let it go. Let it go. Over a thousand first-time visitors. And those are the ones who turned in cards. Because we know some of you. You've been coming for a while. You ain't turning in no card. I ain't writing my information down. Ha, we got you. No, just kidding. Guys, listen. And listen to this. I got to get the number right. 245 family units have turned in a third-time card. That represents over 700 people who have, who have come to church, not just once, twice, but three times. They've gotten their $5 Starbucks gift card. Like, they're in, baby. And here's, here's why this matters. Because statistically, people who study this kind of thing in church growth tell us that basically if once someone comes three times, the statistical, statistical probability that they will make that church their home long term is like over 80%. 
Okay? That's in the summer. We about to have a crowd problem. I'm just telling you. Okay, so listen, next level. Here's what that means. That means you're going to hear us standing up and saying things like, hey, you got to come on Saturday. Hey, you got to move to 9 o'clock. Hey, you got to move to 9.30. Hey, you got to move to 12.30. You got to, okay, listen, we're not just doing that because we like to give away free ice cream at different service times, although we do like ice cream. Sometimes I like it more than once a day. The reason why we're doing that is because we need your seat. Jesus had a crowd problem. So do we. Keep reading verse 3. Some men came. Here's our four guys. Bringing to him, to Jesus, a paralytic carried by four of them. Number two, if you want to write this down, our job isn't just to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's to carry the burden of the hurting. These guys had a lame friend. And when they heard that Jesus was coming for one day only, one night o- I won't. Although that's a good one. That's, what is that, dream girls? I got you. One night only. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Keep, try and keep me from singing. Show you. Turns out I have a microphone too. What's up now? Anyway, these guys have a paralyzed, lame friend and they hear that this Jesus this neat this Jesus of Nazareth this one has been traveling from city to city town to town village to village healing people preaching the word of God's love having a different message than the legalism they had ever heard before and they hear that he's coming to their town and they get together and they go we can't not be there we got to get our buddy there we got to do whatever it takes to make sure that our lame broken, paralyzed, hurting friend gets FaceTime with Jesus. It says they came and they brought him. Listen, Next Level Church, our job is not to just sit at the feet of Jesus. It is to carry the burden of the hurting and the broken, the addicted, the lame, the disillusioned, the depressed of our city to make sure that they can experience God's love the way you and I Experience God's love every weekend in our services at Next Level. Listen, that is our responsibility. It's not just to come and sit. It's to carry, to pick up a corner of the mat and say, come on, let's find a way. Let's figure out how to serve our buddy so he can get what he needs from Jesus. So what does that look like? What does that mean for us practically? Here's what it means. In real time, it means that God is looking for so many of us to carry the load of the hurting. Our vision as a church is to create a place that people love so they can experience a loving God. Well, the way we create a place that people love is when you and I, who are a part of Next Level Church, use our gifts, our talents, our passions, and our abilities to serve someone else for His glory. And so listen, here's what we know. We understand that there are hundreds of us, apparently over 700,000, okay, at least maybe a couple thousand of us who love what God's doing at Next Level Church, who come into our Gateway Campus, you come into our Plantation Campus, and, and you love what's going on. You like the donuts and the coffee, and we're glad you're here. But listen, the end game in our relationship with God is not to just sit at the feet of Jesus. It is to leverage how God has wired us, how he has made us to serve someone else. 
to pick up a corner of the mat and create a place that people love so they can experience a loving God. So listen, if you call Next Level Church your home and you're not serving strategically anywhere right now, good news. We need you. We need you. Good news. There's opportunities galore at Next Level Church to serve. Not because we need you to fill a slot or whatever. No, 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 no. The lost need you. The lame, the hurting, the, the, the paralyzed ones in Southwest Florida who can't get to Jesus any other way need every one of us who call this church our home to start serving. Well, what's, what's the easiest way to do that? Around here, you guys know our heart, our passion is to create as easy of on-ramps as we possibly can to help you use your gifts strategically to serve someone else. That's what our Discover events are all about. And listen, this Sunday night from 4 to 5.30, good news, football hasn't started yet. This is the one. Okay, listen, you got to be there. If you've never been to Discover Your Place, you got to show up. You got to come. 4 to 5.30, whatever you were doing, your plans just got changed. Good news, we have air conditioning, we have food, we have child care, married couples with little kids. You know what they call that? A date, okay? Only you get credit for Jesus. Like, that's awesome, okay? Listen you got to be there. If you've never been to Discover, and apparently there's about 700 to 1,000 of you at least who haven't, and some of us other than who we've been coming to Next Level for a couple of years, listen, if you've never been to Discover Your Place, you got to, got to get there. Why? Because there's a lost and a hurting and a lame and a broken person who's just waiting for us to pick up a corner of the mat and say, come on, we'll create this. Listen, here's what we know. If we're not serving, if we're not using our gifts strategically to serve others for God's glory, there's a huge part of our relationship with Jesus that we've never experienced yet. I'm telling you, like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, it's, it gets good at this point. So listen, if you've never been to Discover Your Place, our Discover Your Place on Sunday should be packed out. Both campuses, it should, we should be setting up chairs. We should, people, should, people should be leaning in the doors. Let's, guys, I'm telling you, why? Because this fall's coming. And God wants to use our church to impact so many people. Maybe you're, you're here and you're listening and you've been to dis- our Discover events, but maybe you're like, man, yeah, I was, I was on a serve team and I used to serve in our hospitality, or I used to serve parking lot, or I used to serve, you know, with our kids or whatever, production. Okay, listen, but you've gotten out of the rhythm. You've gotten out of the habit, and summers happen, and activities happen, and travel ball happen, or whatever. Okay, listen, here's the deal. Reconnect with your leader. Inside your bulletin, that's why we put this card in there. For those of you who have been to Discover, fill out this card. Drop it in there. Email your leader that you were connected with before. Get back on the rotation. Get back on the schedule. Why? Because we're trying to create a place that people love so that lame men and women across Southwest Florida this fall can experience the love of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we're doing this. Now, let me pause for a second. Because I've talked about people who are a part of Next Level. But let me put my pastoral hat on for a second and speak to, to three groups of people. The first is, is the ones that I was just talking to. Listen, you've been coming to Next Level, but you've, you've not leaned in. You're not using your gifts, talents, passions, abilities, resources to wholly serve this vision. I would say to you, jump on in, man. The water is warm. Okay, second group of people that I want to talk to for a second is a group of people that you've been attending here for a little while, but maybe a long while, but you feel like 
God might be moving you on to a different church. That you feel like something in your heart maybe has, has changed. Or you feel like maybe the, the streams are dividing and you're kind of torn and you're like, ah, what do I do? Okay. Or maybe you've been a part of another church for a while, but you started attending here. And now you're kind of in that pool, you're kind of in that feeling of like, well, what do I do? But like, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, uh, that season of being a part of another church is coming to a close. And now I, I think maybe I wanna, I, I mean, it's supposed to be a part of next level. Okay, listen, let me, can I just, let me just say this. Let me pause for a second. For 12 and a half years now, we've never bought into this belief, I guess, that you could say, like that, that floats around the church world from time to time. That basically says that like once you're a part of a church, like you can never, like the only way to not be a part of that church anymore is to either move somewhere else in the country or die. Okay, we've never bought into that. And here's why. Because we believe that sometimes in the life of a believer, for any number of different reasons, it can feel like there's a, you get stuck in your relationship with, with God, or, or you, like there's a bottleneck in your relationship, and like you're in a church, and maybe it was the church that your grandparents were in, and your parents, and I was born in there, and they dedicated me in this church, okay, that, so whatever, whatever. And from time to time, a, a believer in Jesus will get stuck in their relationship with God. And here's what we think. We think that sometimes God will stir, prompt those people to begin attending another church in the same town. And here's what we've seen so many times through the years, both in both directions. People who come to Next Level in, in this regard or people who leave Next Level and go to another church. We've got great churches in our city. And, and, and here's what we've, all, what we've seen so many times is that people that where they felt stuck, where they felt bottlenecked, suddenly they get into another church and they start serving. They start connecting relationally and they start uh, putting their whole heart and soul behind the vision of that local church. And what happens is all of a sudden they get unstuck. And that bottleneck is instantly removed. And all of a sudden it's like, boom. Okay, so, so listen. I believe it's possible that some of you who are listening to me right now, you've been feeling that in your heart. Again, maybe from another church coming this direction or maybe from next level going another direction. Can I... Can I say this to you? Listen, here's, as a pastor, which the word in pastor in the Bible means shepherd. Listen, as a shepherd, let me tell you how we would want you to handle that. Okay, if you're feeling a stir in your heart or your spirit, that maybe you're, you're not in, in alignment any longer with the vision that God has for us as a church next level, here's what we would want. As pastors, we would want you to Go to whoever is your upline, so to speak. So if you're in the kids' ministry, find, you know, one of our kids' directors or kids' pastors. Find it, whoever your team leader is or your connection group or your, you know, find that or a connection group director or one of our pastors. Okay, find whoever is in the appropriate upline for you and come and talk to us. We're pastors. Is it going to be hard? Yes. That's because we love you. Listen, we want God's best for you. So, Come and talk to us. And, and again, if you're a part of another church and you feel like the Lord is saying, hey, we think maybe you're supposed to be here at next level, then go and talk to him. Call up that pastor. Call up your, whoever your director, your leader is there. And sit down with him and share your heart. If you have issues, talk through the issues. Listen, here's, here's what we know. The way we leave one room 
is the way we will enter the next. And if we have mud on our shoes when we leave one room, we will carry that mud into the next room. And nobody wins. The best way to do it is to sit down and have a life-giving conversation with your leader. Will it be hard? Yes. Is it awkward? Yes. Is it something you don't want to do? Yes. But that's kind of like life. So listen, in either direction, if that's what you're feeling, and I believe there's a few of us that that's true, have the conversation. Do it. Why? Because we think God's best is for you to be in one church. The third group of people that I want to talk to just for a second, and then we'll move on. Is, is it's possible that there are some of us who've started attending Next Level, maybe in the last few months, or maybe since we opened Gateway in March, or maybe for a while, and you kind of have one foot in our church, and you have one foot in another church, and you're kind of like, well, you know, sometimes on Saturday nights, we'll go over to the plantation, or sometimes on Sunday, we'll go, okay, 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 let me just say this. Here's what we believe. We believe that God's best for every believer and follower of Jesus is to be plugged in wholeheartedly to one local church. And see, it's easy sometimes, isn't it, for us to get caught in, well, I like the preaching over there, and well, I like the music over there, and well, my kids like, okay. That's not going to work. You know why? Because of the bachelorette. (laughs) Right? Like, okay, what makes great TV reality tv yeah bro because we all date eight women at once come on it's not reality what makes great reality tv makes really bad church and here's why you know why it doesn't work when the guy gets down to the end and he's dating two girls or three girls it doesn't work because number one none of them get his best And number two, because he's going, well, I like this one about this one, and I like this about, but she does this, she's athletic, but she's pretty, well, she's not annoying, and she's okay. Here's the deal. That's not reality. You know what reality is? You have to pick one. And when you pick one, that one will be imperfect. What a perfect illustration of church life. Guess what? God wants you to pick one. He doesn't want you to go, well, this one's hot, and this one's athletic, and this one's not annoying. No. God says, listen, I have one church family that I want you to be in, and I want you to give all of your heart, all of your soul, all your prayer, all your resources, all your devotion behind that vision. And if that's here, great. If that's somewhere else, great. That's what God wants for us. Thanks for letting me share that. Okay. (laughs) Verse 4. Well, and, and, and which, which raises a question, okay, Matt, well then, but how do I know where, like, what, well, what church is that? Here's what I think. I think one of the greatest filter questions that we can ask in light of this story is this. Where would God want you and your family to plug in? Here's the question. Where am I most likely to bring my unchurched, dechurched, and paralyzed friends? Your coworkers that need Jesus, your neighbors that you're trying to reach out and influence, listen. What church should you be a part of and plug in and give yourself heart and soul to? I wholeheartedly believe you should give your whole best of you to plug into a local church where you are most comfortable and confident bringing your unchurched, dechurched, and paralyzed friends. I think that is the church God wants you in. That's what I believe. Back to the story, verse verse 4. 
the guys come up. They're, each one's got a corner of the mat. They're carrying this guy, their paralyzed friend. Verse 4, but since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, don't miss that, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Number three, if you want to write this down, the faith of the believers healed the hurting. Notice, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, speaking of the four guys who were willing to rip open the roof. So here's what happens. These guys are walking up with their paralyzed friend on the mat. They round the corner and they see this house full. They see all these people piled out of this house. And you know there was one guy who looked at his buddies and like, I told you we should have been 20 minutes early. All the donuts and coffee are going to be gone. Thanks a lot, you guys. I told you guys. Okay, and you know the other guys are like, you be quiet, man. Stop it. Okay, here's the deal. You know there was one friend who was saying that. You know what another one of the friends was saying? You know he looked at that house and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, I think if we put him on my back, I can scale up the top. We can go in. We'll rip off the roof and we'll lower him down. Dun, 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 right? Like, you know there's one guy who just, like, would not take no for an answer. Why? Because he had to get his paralyzed friend to Jesus. And when Jesus saw the faith of those four guys, it says that then he turned to the paralytic and said, hey, your sins are forgiven. Next level church, listen, I can't help but think that the reason we're seeing this move of God is because you guys are so committed to not let any of this be about us it's about the lame guy getting to jesus and you're doing it man you're doing it these guys wouldn't take no for an answer and jesus healed their friend and if this were the end of the story it'd be amazing but it's not keep reading verse six now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Number four, write it down. Anytime God is moving, we can expect critics. Not everybody was happy that these guys ripped a hole in the roof. Not everybody was happy that they interrupted Jesus' seven-point outline. No offense, Matt, none taken. N not everybody was happy. That it, this wasn't expository. Not everybody was happy that there was a lame guy being lowered through the ceiling. Listen, whenever God is on the move, I'm telling you, we can expect critics. And isn't it interesting who the critics were? The critics were the ones who were sitting, not the ones who were carrying. Is it possible that if all we do is sit, then eventually we will become the ones who are critics. The people sitting were annoyed at the interruption of the hurting, and broken, and lame man being lowered through the ceiling. But I would be willing to bet that if it had been their lame friend, they would not have been criticizing. Next level church, listen. If we sit 
too long. Thinking that it's all about us, all about our listening, all about what we can get, all about what we can receive. And we take our eyes off of the lame man. If we sit too long, the likelihood that we will become critics of what's happening in the room goes sky high. We must never allow that to happen to us. Verse 8, immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Verse 9, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. Number five, write it down. The Pharisees had forgotten that the point of church was life change. The Pharisees had forgotten that the whole point of this, they thought the point of church was to sit around and regurgitate religious information. So when an interruption of lost people came in, they were annoyed by it rather than moved by it. How is it possible that the lame man, the paralyzed man who was being lowered from the ceiling, who interrupted the church service, was seen as an interruption? How is it possible that Jesus was moved by it and the Pharisees were annoyed by it? Next level, listen, we must never become that. Next level, church, we will never become that. The most important thing to us and we believe to the heart of Jesus is that we create a place that people love so they can experience a loving God. That's why we exist. It always has been, it is, and it always will be. That's a great place to clap. Listen, if Jesus wanted it to be all about the found ones, then he would just take us to heaven the minute we gave our heart to him. And then just let us sit around for all of eternity regurgitating religious information. But by virtue of the fact that we're not dead yet. And we must. We must pick up a corner of the mat. And do everything within us. Create a place where that person can get to Jesus. Verse 10. Jesus continues, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Number six, the true evidence of life changes when we leave here and go home different. Isn't it interesting that Jesus told the guy to leave church? The point was never to come in and just sit and just receive, 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 receive. Me, 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 take, 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 take. That was not the point. The point was, come in, be changed, be healed, be motivated, be inspired, learn, grow, yes, and then go, go out. Why? So others can see the life change. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. Look what happened. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this number seven the result of this man's life being changed is that everyone around will see the life change and praise god what was the win for jesus the win for jesus wasn't to just get more people to come and sit the win for jesus was to see a lame and paralyzed man the broken the hurting the depressed the discouraged the disillusioned come in And have a for real encounter with the love of God. 
and leave changed. And it says that when he left changed, that everybody in the room was in awe. That everybody at the office went, whoa, 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 weren't you the lame guy? Whoa, 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 how come you don't cuss anymore? Whoa, how come, whoa, how, what happened? Praise God. Never seen anything like this. A couple weeks ago, my wife had the opportunity to have lunch with a woman in her mid to late 30s in our church who's been coming for about the last 15 or 18 months with her children and with her husband. And my wife was telling me that when she had lunch with this woman, she sat down and she said, tell me your story. I want to hear your story. And the woman just kept saying over and over and over again through their 90-minute lunch, over and over and over again, Sarah, you don't understand. My life has been changed. You don't understand what my life used to be like 18 months ago. But then I encountered Jesus at Next Level Church, and now my life is different. And everywhere I go, my friends and my, my coworkers look at me, and they say, what's different about you? What's changed about you? And Sarah told me over and over and over and over and over again, she just kept saying, you don't understand. You don't understand. My life's been changed. It was a gateway. Sarah and I went out to Gateway a few weeks ago and we're greeting people in between services and a six-year-old couple, you're probably in one of our services this weekend, you walked up to us and you looked at us and you said, listen, we live in this neighborhood and we've been watching the construction. We ride our bikes and we walk past the construction site of this and we said, we should go to church when that opens. And do you remember, you, you grabbed my arm and you said, Matt, for 60 years, no church has been able to reach us. For the first time in 60 years, you, you grabbed me hard. You looked at me and you said, thank you, because this church finally reached us. Guys, I just had a woman in the foyer walk up to me before this service. She grabbed my wife and I and she said, hey, I got to tell you this fast. She said, the last church I was in, told me that because I was divorced, I couldn't serve anywhere. And I got so depressed and discouraged that I was considering taking my life. And then on a Saturday night, I drove past this church, and I've never seen your church before. But that night, I noticed it. And I pulled in, and I sat in your church, and somebody stood up and said, hey, we need help setting up the church for Christmas or some event. And so I walked up to somebody, and I said, could I help? And they said, yes, we'd love to have you. And she said, I was fully expecting them to tell me no. So I came back the next morning, and I sat and I listened, and I cried again. And then this woman hugged my wife and I. And she said, thank you. This church literally saved my life. Next Level Church, that is the kind of church we are going to be. So listen, come on, Gateway, lean in, come on, come on, get to discover your place, come on, plantation, lean in, we need you. Listen, here's the action step, if you're not serving, pick up a mat, fill out a card, get to discover, why? Because <laughs> there are lost, hurting, and broken people that we are creating an environment where Jesus is touching them.
And for some of you, listen, you need to stop coming. And you need to go to your other church. And you need to start serving like crazy there. Because we need that church to be great. Some of you, you need to go have a hard conversation and start coming here so you can serve like crazy here. And listen, for some of you, well over a thousand of you, who every week serve and make it possible to create one of our seven weekend environments or make it possible to create our Wednesday night environments, listen to to so many of you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You have no idea how many lives you're changing and tearing off roots and carrying nets. And the best is yet to come. In the words of somebody really famous and really important, we ain't seen nothing yet. So come on, Next Level Church, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for a church who gets it. God, thank you for a church who is willing to carry the lame and the hurting and the the paralyzed and the broken and the confused and the disillusioned and the depressed and the discouraged and the the ones who are considering suicide and the lost and the ones who who are completely just busted up and don't understand why their life looks the way it is. God, thank you for a church that's willing to carry those kind of people to the feet of you. And so, Jesus, we pray that as we serve, as we lean in, as we go to discover, as we fill out a card, as we reconnect with a leader, God, we pray that you would give us opportunity to impact even more people, not for our glory, not for the sake of crowds, heavens, no, but for your glory, for your namesake. Jesus, we will be faithful because you've been so much more than faithful to us. God, thank you for allowing us to leverage our story so that lives can be changed for eternity. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name and everybody at every campus who agreed said, Amen.